glass, ice, pour. All right, friends, welcome to Whiskey and Rye. I am your host, Ryan Charles Brown, and joining me on the show today is Elliot Morgan. Elliot, thanks for being here, man. Uh, Ryan, thank you very much, man. Uh, I'm really excited to talk with you. I've been a fan of your uh, your work for for quite some time, and I was as I was preparing That's for shocking. this, I was remembering <laughs> I was remembering the first time that I actually saw you perform, uh, and it was at this event through uh, an organization that's no longer thing called Secret Philosophical Society. Oh yeah, doing yeah, cool yeah. things around here. Back to yeah, Barry Taylor. Back to yeah. Barry Taylor, who we were just talking about a little bit off mic. Um, and I remember just loving your stand up. Thanks, but man. I was giving you the most unnecessarily intense eye contact for no reason. I think I remember that. I now. was just like, yeah, yeah. I was like telling myself, I was like, Ryan, why are you staring at Elliot so yeah. intently? I think I get it because it's a Venn diagram of someone who's talking about weird <laughs> religious crap and also doing quote unquote stand up. So yeah. there's probably a little bit of like, how's this going to go? Oh, like, man. <laughs> this can't possibly be normal to see. Yeah. I think I remember that, that set because I... I it was one of the few like sets like where there was no like I, I hadn't really written it out and it hadn't yeah. been well I, that's pretty much all of it I hadn't worked out a lot of my material but like that particular one I remember being like there's no big like witty punchline here I just remember being like that was effed up and then <laughs> that got a big laugh and I was like oh okay this is these are my people great this is nice yeah. yeah. Well, for me, uh, it was so refreshing to be in that setting and to Thanks, be going man. through uh, that type of stuff and to be laughing about those types of things. So um, I'm very excited to be able to talk to you and kind of work through what that, you know, has done for you. You know, being able to use yeah. comedy as kind of a cathartic uh, way to, to talk about things is Fine. great. It's great. But, um, you know, before we dive into this, you've got a lot of things going on right now. Um, this comedy special is out and it yes. is fantastic. Thank I, you, man. I do really, you, do you really feel that way? Do you feel it? I really, I really do. I watched it on my birthday with my wife. That, and happy birthday. Yeah, and thank also, you. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, it's, it's what I wanted to do. I wanted to watch it. And, you know, it was everything that I hoped it would be. Thanks, yeah, man. Um, I'm be. really nervous right now because I have to do my girlfriend is in New York and I was I haven't been like I was supposed to do a video on my personal YouTube channel that's like hey this is a thing that I'm doing and it just life got busy and I didn't do it but we came up with this idea where uh, we're gonna have her watch the special because she hasn't seen it and then she's oh. going to do like a Q&A with me, like an interview, but she's not going to tell me what the questions are ahead of time. And it's oh also like gosh. she doesn't, you know, she hasn't heard a lot of those stories. And so uh, I'm very interested and nervous to see how it goes. So you saying you liked it just makes me like, okay, cool. Because <laughs> she's going to watch it. I'm nervous about that. But uh, yeah. No, I mean, it was awesome. I, I admire you for trying to do the one take. You Thank know, you. And just, uh, and just going at that because I do that with my podcasts and that is so hard. It's yeah. so hard. Usually when I don't have a guest, I just flip on the mic and I write some notes and I just go with whatever seems to be working yeah. there in the moment, you know? Um, and it's very difficult to do. Uh, so I really appreciate how you did. So why well, did you, why did you do so far? I mean, this is <laughs> I wrote like the, smooth as heck. <laughs> well, I wish you could see. I, I had a bunch of things that I wanted to write down. I like crossed it out. Uh, I, you know, I like, because, oh, you know, there's, because there's so many things that, 
that I want to talk about, not just comedy, because comedy is something that I really, really enjoy. Um, but I also have a really fucked up past when it comes to religion. Super well, fucked up. You know what it. I mean? And, um, and you know, you do work who with... Who hurt you? Yeah, yeah. It's like, who didn't? Actually, I don't want to name the name, but I could tell you who oh, was really? It was a youth oh, pastor. Okay. Yeah, it was a youth pastor. Holy for shit. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm I, sorry. I made a joke about something that you mean in no, real but, life. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, but like the thing, the thing that attracts me to comedy, and, and your comedy specifically, is that you bring to light these hurts in a way that's like, oh, I need to laugh about this stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So for me, it was, um, so I grew up in the big evangelical movement and you, you mentioned in the, sh- in the, um, in the special, what holy was, crap what? is what it's called. Yeah. Ho- holy crap. Um, holy poop, holy poop, holy excrement mm-hmm. and, or some other word or some other word. Um, what, what was the denomination you grew up? It's very, it's very wordy. Um, was... yeah, the, the joke in it, I mean, really it's just Pentecostal, okay. but it actually was, no, it, it's Assemblies of God is really It's Assemblies I of God. Up. Okay. Yeah. And then I learned, I was always confused growing up because it was like, there's Assemblies of God and there's Pentecostal. They're not the same, but they are the same. Right. And then it's evangelical and that's a higher, that's a bigger umbrella. And then there's Christian and then there's fundamentalist which is below the other th- yeah so it was exactly a whole it confused and sort of like this is our thing and then i would grow up and you know m- my parents and um my dad wasn't as into it but my mom would always be like yeah i mean they're, they'll, they'll get into heaven too but like we think we have it kind of more right and i was like wow this is like layers on layers on layers yeah so yeah. that was the impetus for that yeah. joke, which is going, "Hey, none of this is. This all sounds very silly." <laughs> but what I what I identify with when you sort of bring all that home is the fact that it's really nuanced and really complicated. And as a young person, I'm like, I don't understand what any of this means. Yeah. And yeah. like, how do I, what, how do I make sense of this in terms of like my life and my friends? Uh, I grew up in Michigan. Uh, small town. It's probably different than growing up in Florida. Probably. Um, but I... Dude, I was just in Michigan like a week and a half ago. Okay. And it was, they were, it was Detroit slash Royal Oak. Royal Oak, Oak yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like uh, truly the nicest people I've ever met in my entire oh, life. To the point that I was great. like, I pride myself in, on some weird level of being from the South and being like, we're very polite and we're all, you know, we'll hold the door open. Yes, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> but then meeting those people, I was like, oh, you guys are like out nicing me and my upbringing and everyone it, I've ever met. It everything. was amazing. I think, but I think it's because you speak our language. Michigan is very like, you know, just like, I don't know, like you, you speak our language with how you convey life and how you frame sort of like the the silly things that we all encounter but seem to obsess upon you know what i mean and i think i think michiganders sort of feel uh you know it's 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 kind of weird because you know like florida who kind of just dangles Mm -hmm. off the end michigan kind of just hangs out there up top Yeah, yeah you know what i mean and so like it's, well, it's I remember like peculiar. the uh, I remember before going um, talking to my good friend Pete uh, Peter Rollins and he was like telling me about Hi, Detroit Pete. and he was like he was like this is he's like this city is amazing he was like it reminds me of Belfast it's like it's got all this like grit to it but they're like recovering and they're doing all this stuff and it's got a cool art yeah. scene and I was like that's not the impression I've ever gotten uh, and then I went and it was all great yeah now I'm saying that and maybe there's a I don't know if there's like 
do people where are you from in Michigan? Is it I grew up uh, in like the middle part of the state. Okay. So where Which, you were visiting there is is very cool. You're absolutely right. Like there's good stuff happening. Royal Oak especially. Yeah, I didn't know if there's like a rivalry where like other Michiganers are gonna be like that's no, no that's not real Michigan. No, no, because because Michigan's identity has always been sort of blue collar. We're a, we're we're a trade state. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, we're a, we were a lumber state, and then we were in the fur trade, and then we were in automotive state. So most of the folks there work with their hands. They're blue collar type mm-hmm. people. There is a bit of, um, you know, the, the, the intellectuals at the university kind of around Ann Arbor. And there is, there is a bit of that, but most of the people... Liberal communists. Yeah, but they let it slide because Michigan's really good at football and they all love and football. And they're all nice. Right, and they're all nice, yeah. right? Yeah, they're all nice. So, yeah, so there's no real, like, interstate rivalry. It is kind of like that Michigan versus everybody that... Good. That's that nice. kind of they in that Detroit versus everyone specifically, and now Flint versus everybody. Um, because Florida doesn't have that because they're not aware that there's a map outside <laughs> of the count. No, that's not. True. Yeah, but but I I the thing that I find interesting about Florida is that people from Michigan that is like the mecca for vacations. Like if you oh, take yeah. if you take a family vacation once a year, like I grew mm-hmm. up in in a, in you know of modest means, so we had one one family vacation for year out of the state if we were lucky, and we went to Florida. Hands down. Yeah. Every time. Disney World or? Uh, or? A couple of times. Went to Boca Raton one time. The mouth of the rat. <laughs> you know that's what it means? No, I didn't know yeah, that. That's the mouth of the rat. The mouth of the rat. Boca well, Raton. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. That's so funny. Went there. Went to Kissimmee one time. Yeah. Um, you pronounced it right, which is good. Yeah. I think it's because I was indoctrinated by the family that yep. I had there. They were like, no. Yeah. I think I had to write it out like 50 times, mm-hmm. you know, because I said me? it wrong. No, no. You'll get no. it. Um, but some of my favorite uh, hardcore bands came out of Florida. Um, Under Oath came out of Florida. Uh, they were like a Christian hardcore band. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. They came out of Florida. It always um, felt that way. Um, a lot of creatives. Up, like, a, a, creative, yeah, some especially band. Central Florida. Uh, Central Florida, I think Marilyn Manson came out. Of, okay, uh, interesting. Florida, and then O Town, <laughs> which is the uh, talk know. about like opposite ends of the spectrum, yeah, right? Yeah, like it's polar opposite. Potato. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I yeah, but I always remember being like, oh, oh, Anne Berlin. Do you remember that band? Oh, and, yeah. wow, that yeah. just popped into my brain. Berlin, yeah, I, I completely could never have remembered that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good. It's got people are doing stuff. Yeah. But I think it's there. There has to be something with the creativity and people wanting to just do something with their free time. That's not just like, you yeah. know, whatever. Because that's what a lot of it was. Where I'm from, like it's the people who are doing creative stuff. They usually do it because it's like I'm tired of doing the typical thing that I've been doing since I was 13. You know, which is like going fast on something. Yeah, yeah. When I've had too much to drink. Yep. yep. You know, there's a real uh, luxury that out here in Los Angeles where people are like, this is what you do and you grind and you do it. And you're like, well, there's also a whole other world where people are using art to actually uh, distract themselves from the stuff that they do every single day. And Mm -hmm. then every now and then stuff pops out. I don't know why so many are from Florida, but good for them. Yeah. I mean, they got to come from somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, population density. A lot of folks don't get it. You know what I mean? Maybe that's what it is. If we could get into the electoral college pretty soon. Yeah. I'd like to... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like that's. I just watched an interesting documentary on. Um, I was. Gonna, I wrote one of the things that I wrote down here was like doctors in Florida. There's like a bazillion doctors in Florida. I just watched this a documentary about um, this baseball scandal with doping and um, all of these uh, doctors who popped up at like tanning salons and mm-hmm. they were running these like 
body rejuvenation clinics out of these tanning salons, and they were these people who were just sort of like parading as doctors, where, and they sort of had just like a certificate in pharmaceuticals or something like that, and they were um, prescribing like human growth hormones and testosterone to athletes as a way to like get around doping. <clears throat> this is in Florida? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna. Say, I, I I don't know that I talk about this in the special in relation to Florida, but I feel like I need to say this, like the Floridian in me, and yeah. like that, like uh, you know, take care of your home yeah. town thing. So you know how like all the crazy news comes from Florida, and the Florida man. Have you heard? About yeah, all this that's stuff? what I'm saying. Yeah, there's yeah. just all so of this. The reason stuff for that, around that. Have, and stop me if you've heard this. No. But there's this thing called the um, shoot. It's called the. Sunshine Act, I think is what it's called. And it's uh, basically a, a law in Florida that demands transparency in any public um, doing. So like any kind of political or like town hall meetings, there's always a record of it so people can go through and see everything, which extends to crimes. And it means that basically if a uh, guy uh, gets dressed up as a slice of pizza and grabs a gun and goes into a Domino's and robs it, um, the media has access to all of the details of the mm. story, whereas other states don't allow access to the actual crimes for various reasons. Interesting. And so basically one big defense of Florida is this Sunshine Act that is kind of what I've heard to be a progressive law in some way, but it means that all the details are readily available and there's nothing stopping the headlines from being as detailed as possible as, you know, or as they can be. Uh, whereas anywhere else they would just be like a man robbed a place. Right. Yeah. So, right. That is that's so my, weird. I feel I, like I got that out of my system. Yeah, and then, no, I and then the follow up to that is also we're all crazy. So, well, but I feel like the reason I bring that up is because I think Michigan kind of gets the same rap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. In, a, in a similar manner of now Flint, right? Or oh, I guess you're right. Or yeah. Detroit, you I know just what I mean? Put together that it's Flint, Michigan. Like yeah. I, I knew that, yeah. but now hearing it in the con, I'm like, oh, that's yeah, yeah that's the same. Yeah. Thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I, since I've been there, I can be like, I know, yeah. I know what that is. Yeah. So so Michigan kind of gets like this weird, th- this sort of like weird rap. But what is what is fascinating? We got Kid is, Rock, right? We got Kid Rock. Heck yeah. Yeah, we have Kid Rock, of course, and uh, he is, you know taking his jump now into the political sphere, which, geez, God help we were us all. all. Waiting. Yeah, God help us all. But, uh, but I mean, we also, um, you know, Madonna is from Bay City. I did not uh, know. Yeah, she will not claim it. But, yeah, she, really? she grew up in Midland. Yeah, she's from Midland. Has, and this, has anyone confronted her about the lie that she's living? I, I think she would deny it still up really? and down. Yeah, yeah, still up and down. She is not proud of her Michigan heritage. Yeah, she's not. And you're sure she's from there? It's mm-hmm. not like something in Michigan where they were like, No, I know her she second cousin. She doesn't say it, yeah, I know her second cousin. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know Madonna's second cousin? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I used to work with her at a law firm. She's, like, super awesome. But, yeah. Her second cousin, Did her mom, and her like cousin. Did you kind of see like? No, a I saw nothing yeah. of it. Yeah, so and she could not have been polar opposites. Really? Yeah, yeah she's very totally different. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, Michigan, it's it's a state that is comprised of a lot of just blue collar, um, but it's very religious. It's very steeped in its religious uh, traditions. Is it more people conservative? Go to church, people go to church. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. People go to church, and so when I grew up, I grew up kind of in this swath of non-denominational evangelical 
just, I, I don't even know what to call them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I, I started my church growing up Baptist, and then from there moved into non-denominational. And then that's just where things got weird in, non, in, non, in non-denominational, yeah. you know? And um, so I was very involved with youth group and church camp, and um, I could only listen to Christian music. And so I kind of... By I, your own choice? No, or? that was like family. That was yeah. like family, a family requirement, you know? So, so I became a very rebellious teen. You know, I started to, I remember the first time I went to Sam Goody and bought a CD with a parental advisor stickery, parental advisory sticker uh-huh. on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I took a jewel case with me and I switched out the jewel case and I was like, oh, oh I, man, I, yeah. that's bringing back terrifying memories. Yeah. So, right. And so I remember I listening, like I've never done that. And then as you're describing like jewel case, replace, make it seem like that. Yep. I know what he's doing. I know. What I, you know exactly I, what I, I've yeah. done. If it's not that I've done something like that. done okay, something so. like that. Yeah. Yeah. To where I just kind of lived. I just lived this double life, yeah. you know what I mean, where it was... But um, is that as rebellious as you got, was buying a profane CD? Because if that's the case, then we don't have to go into the details, but good to know. No. Because if that was the most, I would be like, that's fine. No, <laughs> Do it no, okay. I think, I think, I think the most rebellious I got was... Do you, you go to church camp? Do you ever do church camps? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I it's funny camps. that you mentioned that, because I just came from... Having a a Friday uh, celebratory, or not Friday, what is it, Tuesday? Tuesday. It felt like a Friday. Yeah. It was like a long day celebratory uh, shoot with, and we had a guest come in for the Valley Folk stuff, and we were talking about, I didn't know the person, it was a guest that was, she had a similar upbringing, and I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. And then they started talking about Jesus Camp, and I was like, it's basically, and she was like, I went to Jesus Camp, and I was, um, I was really into it for like six months, and uh, my buddy Joe was like, "Was it because they were just like yelling at you and did it?" And I was like, "No, it's like a psychological conditioning thing where you go into it and you're in this environment where everyone's really excited and everyone is sincerely believing it, and then you say these certain words and you feel really good because everybody celebrates you and it kind of sticks and it kind of works and it's kind of fun." But then, my memories of it were a little bit less e- extravagant. Like they're not like the documentary. Yeah, yeah. On, on wherever it is. On like conversion movie. camps or whatever. Have yeah. you seen that in Jesus Camp? No, I haven't seen that one. Um, Don't I, I wouldn't watch it. Either. Yeah, I, I, uh, I make you sad in the heart. Yeah, I mean, sometimes <laughs> that stuff gets too real. No, I, I mean, as you're saying that, I was like, I signed a rock. I signed a rock. Yeah, always something saying, like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah, that I had to sit on my desk, and it was like, you know, maybe if I sign this rock, I'll stop masturbating so much. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, that's the biggest. Thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's like the big one. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, the most rebellious thing I did at church camp. Uh, I made out with the speaker's daughter, the nice guy man. who was like the preacher speaker. Yeah. Yep, I kissed his daughter uh, down by the boats. How'd it feel? Mm-hmm. Uh, Did the guilt hit you immediately, or was it? No, you know the thing is, I actually I didn't really think about how cool of a conquest it was until afterwards because I genuinely thought she was really cute and really yeah. cool, and we had a, we had a really good yeah we had like person. a re- yeah we had like a really good time. Yeah, you're not day, like a monster, like, even though you're kissing a girl. No, it's at like camp. I'm kissing a girl at camp. You can still give yourself some yeah. mercy. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's that's I guess that's my like inner child work that I've done in myself. Yeah, like, it's okay, Ryan. You're okay. You're okay. You're not that yeah. bad of a person. But there was one. One time I had a crush on a girl and I kind of went for it. Yeah, I know. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, so I I had just the most um, awkward kind of deconstruction time where it was just like pulling apart the shame and just kind of, you know, uh, once, I, once I realized that 
this type of religion wasn't going to work for me anymore. I kind of walked away from it altogether and then sort of started to piece things back together and, and I'm still sort of like piecing it all back together. Yeah. You know? was, was your family, um, did you come from a long line of like church goers or was it like? Yeah. Yeah. So you were kind of mentioning like your mom was the one who sort of kind of kept the religion. My mom yeah. was the, re- she was sort of the, the religious one. So my identity was tied up a lot in my religion. You know, yeah, so, yeah. you know what I mean? So it was like, I was Ryan right, exactly. who went to church, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, uh, and as I was watching your special, kind of hearing you go through those things, I was just identifying with this sort of like, this was, this was who I was, but then it also where much, very much wasn't who I was, you know, and working um, through that. Yeah. I talked to my, uh, I was like, had some kind of crazy day, like a week and a half ago. And then my brother called me and he's like five and a half years older than me. And, um, but we get along. We're very, we're very close. And he lives in Florida now. He lived in Hawaii for like 10 years and he and his uh, wife are out there, uh, in Sarasota. And he was like, Hey, um, he was like, I watched your special. I was like, Oh man. I was like, thank you. And he was like, um, when you started talking about that stuff, he was like, he was like, in fairness, he's like, I was pretty high. But when you start talking about that stuff, it was, too real that I got kind of upset and I was like, cool, man. <laughs> I was like, I did it. I yeah. did something. Yeah. And, uh, and that's been the most fun part of seeing people be like, Hey, this actually made me feel. So-. And I was like, cool. It makes me feel very weird. So I'm glad if you're feeling any emotion, <laughs> like go for it. Yeah. But hearing like that, hearing that me talking about something that I, when I was doing it, assumed literally no one would care about or un, or, or be able to relate to. Yeah. The amount of people who have been able to, to, to sort of identify with it is very cool because yeah. I literally, like, mathematically, I went through and I was like, this is how the structure of the hour works. And then I was like, I'm going to put this part basically in the middle because I think it's going to be universally speaking, the most boring because most people have no idea what that like right. world is. And so yeah. it's like so interesting that it's either the part that people are like, this is this is good, or it's the part that people are like, yeah, I don't yeah. care about it. So yeah, it's fun. I'd love to hear that about your brother. I think um, I love the content you post online, but the the uh, letters that you find that your brother wrote you that you post, like when you were kids, <laughs> are like literally some post. are like literally some of my favorite it's things so ever. Good. It's just I was like, a little craphead. For oh sure. man, it's very so like, funny. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's so it's so great to hear how honestly hating he was of me, and and for good reason. I know I deserved it. Um, oh man! But yeah, it's just so the real. openness. My my brother embarrasses me, and everyone, literally everywhere, all the time. Or something, no, just something like, like something so, like, like that. An adult couldn't think of an insult that good. <laughs> Dang, so man. good. Yeah, you should have been the comedian because that's me. That yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant humor. It's brilliant I was humor. four. I didn't know. I had no idea. Well, I, I'm interested, you know, you brought up kind of how you set this up. In, in the era where comedians usually record three or four times, kind of take the best bits from yeah. those and edit something together, what made you feel like, I'm going to do this just one one shot? Uh, I think the primary motivation from day one was, <clears throat> I think, like, in my mind, I was like, I need to talk about this stuff in mm-hmm. some way and the divorce and the religion and all that stuff. And if I can vomit it out in mm-hmm. some way that gets seen, uh, I will do that. And then I very early on in the process, 
um, started talking with a woman named Sharon Everett, who had been the editor on my first comedy special, which is called Premature for good reason. <laughs> and I don't know where it's available at. And I don't think it's available anywhere, which is probably the best for everybody. But um, I'll probably watch it one day. Yeah. Back, you know, give me a little bit of time. But um, we started talking and she had also been through a divorce and we were talking about kind of material and stuff I was working on. And I was like, I have this idea to do like a weird one man show. And the original title was called Felix Culpa, which was based on a talk I heard between Rob Bell and Pete Holmes about this Mm. Latin idea, this Catholic idea that in Latin means uh, happy fall. And it was a a really, like I wrote this like really long one man, like straight up one man show, like lighting changes and different characters. And um, I think I, I think I was, the original plan was to wear a black turtleneck in it just because I felt like that was hilariously cliche. Yeah. And then as it went on, I was like, this is kind of just like too much. It's too heavy handed. It's too weird. And, um, and then it got pared down to the, uh, holy shit. And, uh, you can swear on here. Okay, I didn't know. Oh, yeah, you can swear on here. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Um, That's so kind of you. Man, it was so polite. I was kind of surprised by myself. You were so polite. Normally, I don't do that. Really? I just got, I've been hanging out with people who've been swearing all day, you know? Oh, right. So it's kind of like it's not quite in my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like, man, what a gentleman. Let me swear. Yeah, what a gentleman. (laughs) That's, well, thank you. Um, But yeah, no, I, uh, we started talking. We just kept going through, and then I would perform it, and she'd be like, it's good. She's like, it's good. And then she was like, what if we, uh, we did it in one take? And I was like, well, I know that that's kind of been done, but I didn't really like it when they did it. And I think I can do it better. Uh, and then the venue came into play, and it was like, we can get into this like historic bar yeah. uh, to do it, and it would be on this date, and how ready can you be? And I was like, probably not very ready, but I'll give it a go. Um, and so I just kept re- repeating all the same material, and then you know, practicing, practicing, and then doing it. And when it was done, I was like, I just completely was i just quit stand up for like a very long time and only now that the special is coming out am i like getting back into it going back and doing it again so i don't know if the did answer your question i don't know if that answered the question no absolutely absolutely it did yeah absolutely it did yeah, because it was a very cool i mean really it it rests on sharon who 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 first realized that you know there was a business-wise like a market for it and it might be able we might be able to make money back on it essentially where it was an investment from her and her company to sort of put it up and she very much believed in it and the whole time i was like is this okay i was like because i'm talking about like affairs and divorce and like religion that's really niche and then like there's all this other stuff and i was like i don't know you know and plus i'm just like still a young comedian i was like Mm -hmm. i don't know if this is a good idea and she was very just like confident in it and and gave me a lot of support which probably it wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for her oh man i'm i'm glad she was behind you because i think thanks man me too now yeah yeah yeah, because i really think you know for me i use my creative outlets to process my parents divorce and to process my thing with religion you know i use i use creativity to think about things that are kind of like hard for me to think about if I don't wrap them in some sort of imagination, you know, yeah. or in some sort of like, I'm going to say this thing, but then I'm going to laugh about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the laughing, it was sort of weird because there were so many, there's so many bits in it that I'm like, this isn't really funny, but it's still me saying it. I know mm-hmm. it's important that I say it, but mm-hmm. I remember being like, well, the whole thing that led to this weird hellhole uh, that I was in was being a level of dishonest and a level of reserve that was like, you know, no one will understand. And I need to, if I told anybody, they'd hate me and I would lose all my friends, which some of that happens. But like, yeah. then I was like, well, if that's true, I was like, the opposite 
then maybe true. Like if mm-hmm. it's if you withhold everything and you live a lie and it destroys your life, maybe if you say everything it could help, and um, or at least not hurt. And so that was a lot of the motivation too. It was a, a kind of an experimental. Like if I just say everything, if I just mm-hmm. say all this crap, is it going to be? But then also kind of being smart and trying to you know, there's a reason like the the affair joke starts at the beginning of the hour, and then my like response happens at the very end it's like in my mind yeah. I'm like well that gives people time to process and i can build their i can build back up like right. some likability <laughs> build their trust again exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so exactly. like tear off band-aid at the beginning dive yeah. in and then yeah. yeah scoop out with some funny stories about working at disney world uh so i was still trying to be you know a little smart about it i guess yeah. but um yeah it was still like if i just say it if i say it maybe it'll work out and uh yeah it's still very very strange, but yeah, I'm read, happy it's out there. Yeah, which I wasn't for a while. Like prior to the release, I was very like nervous and have been very nervous. And uh, it's nice to hear the responses that I'm getting for sure. It's really yeah, cool. yeah, it's really cool. Well, um, it uh, oh sh- shit, I just lost my train of thought. What I was gonna say. Let it go. Yeah, just let it go. Well, what I'll say my other thing then is it's very different than the work you do with the Valley Folk. Uh, which congratulations on winning. Uh, bring the funny. Thank you, man. Super amazing. I watched every single skit that you guys did. Thank you. And I only watched yours. What was your favorite? The robot. Thank you. Me the, too. The robot one. My favorite was the cowboy at the end, but um. That was number. Robot was my favorite. <sighs> before that. Yeah, I can't. I think I would. Cowboy was so funny, but also your first skit with the mole. The mole people. Mole people was fucking brilliant. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was Joe. Was Joe Barrett. Just brilliant. You guys were so believable, and and they were so right in their thing. The way that you all closed the skit, as opposed to just being just being like, yeah, like you actually closed the skit. Yeah, there was something about that sketch that's very like uh, by the sketch, book sketch comedy. Yeah, yeah, which I really liked. I was like, oh, this is yeah. how this because I'm not like a sketch comedian person, right? So I'm right. very much along for the ride during that, and uh, and and reading that sketch was like, oh, this hits literally every mark that they would teach mm-hmm. you with any of like the comedy schools mm-hmm. but then what i loved about robot doctor was that it's just insane just insane stupid. J- yeah. but and it's in, just insane in, it's insane and it's dark and it's weird and you have a uh, robot screaming uh, your husband is dead yeah to a, a woman who is in peril uh <laughs> on national tv and no one is stopping us and we were like okay like if you want this we're gonna do it and uh we were very stressed about it and very worried and uh yeah when it worked out when we got to the next round we were like oh my god this is yeah this is great so but in thinking about authenticity that is authentically you all you know what i mean that is that is authentically you all pushing the envelope yeah um but i think you know uh it's no surprise to me that you folks won because not only are you great individually you're great collectively thanks man um y'all y'all have a really great excited we got a good thing going i think there's gonna be some shifts we're we're figuring things out and there's a bunch of like uh putting big boy pants on big business pants yeah right right um which is very nice but yeah it's it's been a really good experience and i'm excited it feels weirdly like getting started now which with that job which is very nice but yeah um but then yeah the the stand-up stuff makes it like oh if i this is how i can like express myself whereas at the valley folk it can be frustrating because it's a little bit like uh you know i'm like the cynical one who's like over it but then i'm like in my mind i'm like i'm actually really happy i'm like i know i know you guys right i know you as real people so i know you're sad right uh and so there's like a this weird branding thing yeah. Uh, that I can get in my head about, but you know, it all works out. In yeah. The end. And they know that, and I know that, and everything's yeah. good. 
It's great. Well, I'm sure it's got to be difficult to kind of do things parallel, though. I mean, you're doing your stuff, and that's growing and kind of doing your thing, and then you're involved with other stuff. So, and then yeah. just like being Elliot, <laughs> you know what so I mean? Weird. Like having yeah. a you know relationship and do like. You, um, do you feel like you have like your passion? Like, do you feel like you're? I mean, you're you're talking about you know getting ordained and all that. Like, yeah. Is it? Is that? Do you feel that fire in you? Because I know in the past especially before the special and then with some of the Valley Folk trials and tribulations, there's been a lot of like, I don't know if I want to do any of this. Thing. Yeah. Like I just kind of want to crawl in a hole and fall asleep for a while, which is just, I think called being depressed. <laughs> uh, but if it's not yeah. that, there's still that thing. It's like, I don't, f- how old are you? If you don't let me ask. I just turned 36. 36. Okay. Yeah. So do you feel a difference from your twenties of this like passion of like, I'm going to conquer the world. Like, do you feel like you're sort of in your zone, I guess. Does that no, make sense? not at all. I don't feel yeah. like I'm in my zone at all. No. Nope. Do you feel pushed not at all. by that? Do you feel or pressured by that? I feel Motivated? pressured. I feel pressured. Yeah, I, I, I do feel. So I had someone give me a give me a, a really good word one time that stuck with me, which is a word that's something we say in Christian circles. <laughs> oh, it's one of those like you a, snuck that in yeah, there yeah, for me. A yeah. word. <laughs> um, someone said that you know pressure sometimes produces the best results. Yeah. And so um, I think for me, I have felt pressure to do something creative since my music career ended after moving to L.A. Like my music career ended. It's been about five years now. Yeah. Um, and then I got married and now we have a son. And so I feel life is just life. Yeah. Life is really. Yeah. Life is really happening. And I think the stuff that I'm doing right now is fueled by my passion to help liberate people from whatever funk they find themselves in because yeah. that's my that's my daily struggle is getting myself out of a funk you know i don't know if i'm like this chronic depressed type person or if what what i have but like for me lately a lot of my struggle has been trying to just get out of a funk and feel like i have purpose or feel yeah. like i have something because i just i feel like when I lost my identity in religion, I lost a lot of my purpose. Yeah, I thought it was real telling before we were recording. Um, when you, we were like, you're like I was doing this, and I was doing it in the church, and then you're like, I'm gonna, um, you're like, I'm just gonna do nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's an interesting thing. It's yeah. like you didn't go like, well, I'm not gonna do church anymore. I'm gonna go be an astronaut. Like it's still right. a through line of like helping people, which is very cool, man. Yeah, yeah. I still, and and that's even why I do this podcast. You know, I mean, and I came out, I came out guns blazing. You know, mm-hmm. actually, Pete is part of the reason this podcast started. You know, oh, I really? was sitting at the Federal with him in North Hollywood, and we were talking about my last podcast that I was doing, and we were talking about how bad the name was. He's like, the name, he's like, I, he's like, the name is forgettable. It was called the Mission Podcast. You already forgot it. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> it was and not Pete's wrong. Like, yeah, Pete's <laughs> like, Pete's like, I, I don't know. I just going to get it. And I was like, you know, I'd had it. You, Pete graciously bought me um, some Irish whiskeys that night. And after one full Irish whiskey and halfway through my second one, I said, you know, if I could do anything, I would do a conversation where I drink whiskey and I just talk about like guy stuff and like being a man and like the struggles of masculinity. And I'd call it whiskey and rye. And Pete puts down his gin and he looks at me and he goes, that's a fucking good name. Yeah. 
And, and he signed you up for your alt right mailing list. <laughs> signed me up for an alt right mailing list. <laughs> I don't think he said fucking. Pete, if you listen to this, I don't think he said fucking, but in my mind, you did because that makes it a little more badass. Uh, that's but he great, was man. like, he was like, that's the name. He's like, that's Where's it. Where's the whiskey? That's Ryan? it. That's what you've got to do. Well, yeah, I made, I kind of deviated. Yeah, I've deviated because it's the middle of the day. So I'm having an earth no, bar good. shake today. I just so came from a Mexican candy. Earth bar and rye doesn't sound as good as. It's beautiful. But, <laughs> but yeah, I usually do have a little bit of whiskey, but whiskey and rye was that whole idea. And the whole idea of the show is to um, create a palatable conversation for how men can be active participants in dismantling toxic masculinity. Oh, and I think one of the ways well, that you do that—you got the wrong person. <laughs> no, I don't. I actually have the right person because the stuff that you talk about and the way that you confront your own stuff, like you—I uh, love your joke. I, I keep, uh, I keep, I keep doing like your, this thing you do to magic magicians, and I keep like telling your jokes and then giving the bad punchline. So I'm so sorry. No, I keep like I don't t- remember. What, what <laughs> it but is, your so. joke about uh, you—you were talking about becoming a man, but you think it's a bad career oh, move. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, so funny, dude. I forgot about that line so until they funny. sent me the social assets, and they were like, "Here's some clips that we cut out," and I was like, "What is this?" Yeah. What am I saying? And then it's me going, so funny. being a man is a uh, might be a bad career Maybe move. Maybe a bad right career now. move right now. Yeah. So funny. Thanks. But again, again, an, a good way for you to bring up stuff that's going on, but but like kind of like, yeah, this is a little like, yeah, you know what I mean? It was yeah. awesome. I really loved Thanks, the way that, I really loved the way that you did it. I thought that was great. But um I I kind of wrote that down as like, oh, that's that's interesting because one of the things I think about is like rites of passage, you know, and, and kind of becoming a man. And I sort of feel like when I listen to your comedy, it's your stories about talking about you just stumbling through your different rites of passage, becoming mm-hmm. a man, you know? Um, what a great way to put it. And Ryan, I'm going to take that and I'm going to use it in future yeah. talks. You so should. Like, you really should. Like that's actually a really, really good should. way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, thank you. I uh, I feel like... It was that. That was the journey. And then it was also truncated by the um, fact that the special was shot like a year ago. So it was like a long journey. Yeah. And then looking back on it, I was like, is is any of this going to still be relevant? And um, fortunately, I kept it purposefully kind of evergreen because I didn't know where it was going to go. But Mm -hmm. yeah, the the man stuff, I mean, it feels feels good now. Um, There's like a sense of like groundedness that I feel. But it has taken so much therapy, dude. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know what else I could. It's like at this point when I get in my like zone, I'm like, oh, I know like this. Like I should feel certain ways. Like I should feel okay to be a dude. Um, and I do. But I know it's a result of like just a lot of money and therapy, a lot of mm-hmm. like experimentation. And it's everything mm-hmm. from like meditation to drug use to you know, being scandalous and whatever in the dating world and then also being monogamous and like all that. Yeah. So it's like a very nice, I'm like, after doing all that stuff, it feels good to be like, okay, yeah, I'm good. Like, I don't feel, I don't feel that sense anymore that I did, uh, a couple of years ago of, um, not being able to like fill out the suit a little bit, even though I'm still working on it. Like I'm still not yeah. quite there, but I still don't exercise. I still treat my body like crap a lot, but, uh, you know, what can you do? No, it's perfect. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I'm the same way. And that's kind of where, like, the whiskey parts comes in for me. Like, that's kind of me sort of – that's, like, the most – the the manliest thing that I do. Because, like, yeah. honestly, I, I um, enjoy – 
kind of being forever young. You know what I mean? Like I enjoy some aspects of like, you know, I still listen yeah. to pop punk music. I'm not even going to lie about it. I still listen to Newfound Glory and Fall Out Boy. Dude, I listen to Fall Out Boy. And, and I am just like. Are you going to go to the freaking uh, Hella Mega tour? Oh, yeah. The, with yeah. Uh, Weezer, Weezer, Green Day. My favorite band and, of all time. And Fall Out Boy. Day. Yeah, Green Day. Uh, I can't wait for that. I've seen Weezer so many times. I realized today, I was like thinking about that. I was like, oh, I listen to music that I. Everyone says you get stuck in like the music of like mm-hmm. your whatever years, and so I my favorite band is Weezer. Um, part of it is because they the story of Weezer is so right. interesting. Like the, it's right. it's fun to see a guy just not give a crap, and it's very inspiring on like right. a very non ironic level, even though everything they do is super ironic. Right. Uh, and then Jimmy Eat World's new album just came out, and I was like, I love Jimmy Eat World, and I listen to this album, and it's so good, dude. But like the so it's good. like the punchiness of the um. Like their their older stuff, even though I like their newer stuff too. But their older stuff with the heavy, crunchy guitar rock, mm-hmm. with lyrics that are if you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it because the yeah, lyrics well, are like actually for people in their thirties, where it's like a constant. There's this theme throughout the album of like you work and you work and you work and you're never gonna get there, but you work and like they have this song called Love Never that's like uh, Love Never gonna be the way you want um, until you uh, want the work more than the reward and all this stuff. And then obviously it's like actually a catchy song, not just like a b- rambling words like that. But uh, it like the themes in it are so beautiful yeah. and it's still packaged in this like band that I love from when I was 14. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's very funny. You don't really escape. <laughs> like, no, I My don't. Chemical Romance, I don't nope. give a crap. Love yep. all of it. But then yep. I also like Lizzo. So Right, yeah, yeah. No, I'm very much but into... I'm very much into the newer stuff. But yeah, I mean, that part of me, I don't see, ever see myself giving up. No. Yesterday when I was, I wanted a snack, I made a grilled peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm still going to do yeah, that. I did that. You know what ago. I mean? Like, I'm still going to do that. But I was that. very high. <laughs> I was like bonkers high. And it was like 1230 and my girlfriend was a bit and I came in with, and I cut it into fours because I just went pure regression Oh, yeah. Session. That is, that is, yeah. yeah. I mean, the only thing, other thing you could have done was cut the crust off. I that I've never it, done. Yeah. I'm a big believer in the crust. I like the crust, especially with I'm the right. sourdough. Yeah. I'm yeah. an adult. You know? Yeah, you're an adult. I will no, keep right. the crust keep on the, my toast. Keep the crust on the toast. Right. Peanut butter. Right. I add butter on the outside. Do you do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're yeah, no absolutely. fool. Yeah. No, 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 no. No. Nope. That's how I get down. But those aspects of who I and am. And that's how I'm tearing down toxic masculinity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think for me, uh, wh- what I've learned and through my countless hours of therapy is that um, ex- just learning how to accept myself from and setting aside the shame that I really acquired from a lot of my upbringing. Putting like, that bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Putting that bag. Yeah, putting that bag of shame down. Because I think that's where. Um, you know, coming from a blue collar state where there was expectations to do certain things and feeling like a creative and wanting to do something different, you know, not feeling connected to where I'm from. I think that's another part of Michigan that I, that I miss is I've been gone for so long. I don't feel connected really to my roots anymore. Mm -hmm. And I've been so kind of like, um, I've been in LA for nine years, but before that I lived in New York for a year. I had a brief stint in Michigan for a little bit, but it's been like a decade since I've lived there. A little over a decade. Yeah. Over a decade. And, um, I'm starting to, you know, miss that bit of my identity who, Mm -hmm. you know, enjoyed those long Indian summer nights. You know what I mean? No, it's not politically correct. I'm sorry. Those long, I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Those long, those summer nights where it's like into August and it's like still really warm, you know what I mean? Where it's really nice. You know, I, I, I do, I do kind of miss that, but there's a new, there's a new part of me now. And I think a lot of my masculinity, 
ideas come from the fact that I have a kid. I have a 13-month-old little boy. You know what I mean? And so I think about what type of man I hope that he'll become and that I'm like, well, am I even that type of man? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really know. Um, and so I think for me, I'm still on a, I'm still at a, uh, on the journey and in the, in the middle of the process oh, yeah. of discovering like my, you know, brand of masculinity and what that looks like. And yeah, I know. don't think it ever ends. I think it's just sort of this. Yeah. Is it. I mean, I, I'm going through a weird phase right now where I feel like I've over, maybe not overcorrected, but I've, it's come to my conclusion in business and in sort of my own just like conversations where I used to be so scared to say what I was thinking and what I what was going on. And then I wasn't anymore. But then I think the, the, the line between like, I think a lot of people think that just because you're not being nice, it means you're being mean. Like there's mm-hmm. like, Oh, mm-hmm. if you're, if you don't, if you don't sugarcoat something, it means you're being aggressive or you're rude. And so I've had to like teach myself, like, no, you mm-hmm. can just like say, like, let your yes be yes and your no be no. A mm-hmm. Bible. Right. Is that a Bible? Yeah, I think it is. Heck yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and then, but now I'm like, every now and then I'm like, well, I'm kind of, I kind of did come off like a jerk there in that conversation. And then I look back and I'm like, or were they being sensitive? Or was I being a jerk? Or is it both? Or were they sensitive and I was a jerk because I had a reason? And were they being sensitive because of reason? Oh, okay, we're all the same. Okay, we're all broke. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and that's a nice like process, but it's interesting. Like, it's a new type of problem that I've never had to mm-hmm. deal with as a as a human. Of like, oh, I I'm I have to watch myself to not be so direct and also keep in mind like because I go I try to go straight for the like no yes like this is the yeah, answer. Yeah, like, this yeah, is how exactly. we're like, doing yeah. this we take action we make the decision. Yeah. And uh, especially working with friends and stuff, it's like there's a lot of emotions and it's the psychological weight of all of it. Like mm-hmm. the, what you're talking about with um, like uh, that call to kind of like liberate people mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. whatever. I feel like I've had that and I feel like I, I, I have it still. And there's like this like, because I, I think too, if you go to therapy, like I think it takes like four therapy sessions when you in your mind become a therapist. Like mm-hmm. somehow you're like, yeah. I know what your problem is, <laughs> even though you have no idea what their problem is. Um, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I guess I'm kind of losing my train of thought, but there's, there's this thing of going, okay, I'm taking on the, the weight of the psychologies around me and then not putting up boundaries. And then at the end of the day, I'm exhausted. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, what have I done today? Oh, I just like listened to people for like a long time. Yeah. Uh, and that's a great thing to do. And you're doing it with a podcast. You're right. I do it with Pete and the fundamentalists. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have a hard too. Right. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a interesting new stage of being like make sure you're being nice too like don't yeah. be which i it feel it makes me feel like i'm a mean person to even say that but there's like a i don't know it's like a tact thing and the way that my girlfriend put it was she was like you can she's like you process things very quickly and so you can come off curt and i was like that's the word curt yeah i was like i can get behind that word that makes sense and mm-hmm. it's also like not as harsh as mean or anything like that but right. it's like oh i am curt that's what it is Oh, I don't want to necessarily always be that. I want to right. be like fun and goofy. So yeah, anyway. But I, there's I, a ramble for you. <laughs> yeah, but I appreciate that because no, I mean in that like my I have the same sort of so that what you're saying is like a conversation I have with my wife a lot because I'm a very feely emotional type person and my wife processes things very fast. I have a question about something. I'm thinking about okay, something. Yeah, we whatever. Have that kind of. And I'm like, well, I'm not. And Jen's like, no, it's this, and here's how you do it. 
great yeah. awesome moving on i'll, well, ho- I'll hold a, that for you. yeah yeah decision yeah. making and, and yeah. i'm like yeah but can i think about it a little bit more and can i you know what i mean like yeah. i and i think that's the creative in me you know um to where but what I, what I, what i hear you describing is a lot of what i feel um as as kind of a, an empath and someone who when you walk into a situation you can kind of feel everything which i think sometimes is a blessing and a curse um and i think for someone mm-hmm. like you who does comedy it could be a like a superpower for you in terms of like reading a room and just like being able to go off stuff you know what i it's mean it's gotten better yeah the reading a room i used to be horrible at it and uh oh and- it's got to be such a I can't imagine. Yeah, because you never know what you're gonna get. Every time you step up out from behind something, you never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the biggest inspiration was my friend Steve Zaragoza, who I would watch him the way he would like, the way he would operate, and still to this day operates, and like he can tap into things. Whereas I'll be sitting there in my head, and it's yeah. a really nice lesson to be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah, that's what that is. Cool, yeah. good for you. And yeah. then it's like a nice learning from him type of thing, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, it's great when you can have uh, so close access to people who you see, um, you know, just do really awesome stuff. You're like, oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got, yeah, it figured you, you out. got that good. figured out. Yeah, you got that part figured out. That, I'm going to kill that. you in certain areas. That's, that's great. That's great. You got that figured out. Yeah. Uh, I've had another thought there. I know it, I fell off there for a second. but Dude, I, I've fallen off so many times. I uh, This I'm is a great conversation, I'm, though, man. I'm dead. Yeah, this is yeah. nice. The empathy thing of, yeah. Oh, 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 that was a thought. So, yeah, there is a the other weird part of it is um just being because i've been doing the internet since 2012 and so you get kind of like trapped by your own brand a little bit and i think a part of my brand is this sort of like aloof uncaring person Mm -hmm. and so it's it's a difficult juxtaposition to be like yeah uh i'm known as sort of the callous introvert but then behind the scenes it's it doesn't feel that way and so it's it's been an interesting like or, you know, course correction. Yeah. How do you feel like you might, you know, move on from, like, being that person? Or do you always think that's just going to be your brand? Yeah, I mean, it's the internet, man. Like, I don't know what is, it, is, is that just the way that that's just the internet? Yeah, I mean, there's because you, be... I'm asking you more, though, because you're, like, yeah, really I, in it. I feel like, I mean, the, the special might help a little, but even that, when I watch the special, the thing that bumps me out about it is I, it seems like, like I'm like, that's a sad guy. He's like he's a little sadder. Even though I wasn't mm. as sad as I had been, but I was like, it's still, it's still not me, but that's like also an artistic thing where you yeah, always feel like whatever right, you're putting out right, is not really a representation right, of me. Right, so right. anyway, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I've learned to love it and accept it, and it's also just like, uh, yeah, I mean, come what may a little bit, because... I'm going to do my thing and try to have fun. And then if people continue to get that impression, that's also kind of on me because mm-hmm. it's like sometimes with the Valley folk stuff, I'm just like checked out. Cause like, I don't I don't want to do a bit. I want to like talk and have a real conversation, which is very nice and refreshing. So thank you yeah. for having me on here again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to like, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to yell and we're going to have fun. And it's like, there's a little bit of me that like, I can't both be like, that's not my thing. I'm going to chill and watch and mm-hmm. also maintain this like, uh, or or also break away from that idea that I'm not into like having fun. Yeah. So it's like yeah. I'm yeah. just like now nah, whatever I'm yeah. doing. You know, it's like uh, you fall into your little brand and your little role, and it's like muscle memory with them anyway. So yeah. there's no they know the jokes, I know the jokes. We all just sort of like it's a weird. Um, it's very much like a band of you know musicians yeah. just going like okay, we know this song. I get that. Yeah, I get that. I uh, I will say now that I've. My my music career is transitioned. It's no longer 
doing, I'm just a solo artist when I do play. Um, I miss being with a group of folks and creating yeah. with folks. Yeah, I do. I do. I miss, I, I miss, imagine. I miss blow. I miss like the idea of like, um, just bouncing ideas off one another, you know what yeah. I mean? Or just kind of like that, that sort of organic thing that comes up when you're just like, I have this idea or you do this thing, yeah. you know, and then everyone kind of just like riffs off it, you know, I Dude, miss, I miss that. The fact that yeah, you I know that. Writing a song to me seems like, especially someone who listens to music all the time, and I also have that weird like emo connection with with mm-hmm. it all the time. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, this song is exactly where I'm at. Right <laughs> uh, and it, that happens every day. Yeah. So yeah. it's very fun. But yeah. like, I have no idea how to write a song. I have no idea how to. Uh, I I don't understand how the chords of mm-hmm. the song mm-hmm. don't aligned with the melody of the words that's how basic it is i'm like yeah. how do you come how do you go ding, 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 and then at the same time have your mouth go bah, 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 bah. <laughs> like, it does not make sense to me. it doesn't compute i think it's beautiful but uh and i'm sure you that sounds insane because you're no, like, no I, you know exactly honestly like, honestly it doesn't work for me i i get every song i write i just get lucky honestly really? i just play i just play this i play the notes and i play the chords long enough and then but you kind of listen to it, and you're like, yeah, yeah. I sort of like, yeah, I sort of hear something. Truthfully, I've my songwriting has improved since uh, my son has been born. Our son has been born because I make up silly songs for him all the time. Yeah. Like I'm literally all around the house, like, "Daddy's coming and Daddy's here." You know what yeah, I mean? Just yeah. like silly stuff. So I'm always kind of like making up melodies and doing. So now when I write, I kind of like just naturally tap into this weird like melody bank that I have. That's great. And like stuff comes out. It's so weird. To nerd out on you a little bit, yeah. there's Cuomo of Weezer has a podcast episode that he does, not a podcast, but he's on an episode of a podcast called Song Exploder. Do you know what Song Exploder is? Oh no, but I'm going to check it out. Um, he has this episode on, he's a guest on it, but he's talking about the song Summer Elaine and Drunk Dory, which is off of Weezer's White Album, which I love that album very much, and I love that song very much. And when I was listening to it, especially when going through like a divorce and like all this stuff, it, it, it resonated with me a lot because it was like, you know, about these two female characters and, um, you know, they're, they're the differences and like the way one made me feel. And it's like, remember when we were 16, you made me believe in God, all that crap. It's real good. And I was like, this is such a great song. And then you listen to this podcast and he's like, they're like, how did you come up with the lyrics? And he's like, well, I uh, I listened to a song and then uh, on the radio. It's like I'm always listening to songs on the radio. And he's like, what happens is if I like a song, I uh, I get it in my head and then I play it till I find the chord progression. And he was like, then I put the chord progression in a computer database and then I title it using an anagram of the original song's title so that the original song title is masked from me if I go back and visit it later but its origin is still uh, readily available and then he's like then I have um, a database of lyrical uh, lyrics like from stanzas and uh, some of them rhyme some of them don't and he has them organized according to the amount of syllables as well as the emphasis that the the syllable the emphasis is on and so he's like so for summer lane and drunk door he was like so i went to a psa meet or a pta meeting with my family and one of the teachers was saying oh you know during the summer i'm summer day and then uh, during the school year i'm drunk dory and blah blah, blah. And, uh, and he's like, Summer Lane, Drunk Dory. Okay, great. So he writes that down. And then he starts talking about the whole process of going, okay, so I just need this amount of syllables, this emphasis on this syllable, 
And then he goes, the reason I do that is because if I do, it makes it less boring for me to play later. So like, rather than be like mm-hmm. a Buddy Holly or something, he's right. like, I don't know what this song means either. Um, and it was so cool to hear because it's such a riversy sort of, yeah. uh, you know, kind of computerized way of writing music. But at the same time, it was so sad because I was like, oh, that song doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. Right? Absolutely right. Nothing. It's like an yeah. algorithm. And I was like, this like, is a beautiful song about like what it's like to fall in love and, you know, go through all these things. And then it's like I listen to it now and I'm like, oh, yeah, none of this makes yeah, this, any sense. This, this was a collection of like just gibberish. stuff yeah. yeah that he threw yeah. together yeah yeah it's yeah. so good yeah so listen to that but that's basically me just retelling the entire podcast no i, I, love <laughs> I baked it. it into yours no i love that and uh i i should have probably brought this up earlier um so when i was in a band out here we had stage names and i changed my name to ryan rivers because of rivers cuomo well great choice because man. he is probably when it comes to songwriting probably one of my top top yeah. influences you know I, I i really do um, still love them as much as they make me i'm one of those angry fans that yeah it's very like come yeah. on yeah uh, yeah they're you know because i'm also old i so love just the insane stuff that they do right like the, yeah. the first day uh it was earlier this year i was uh my not then girlfriend and i were just starting to go out and it was like this uh conversation that we had where i was like I was like, we need to, we need to decide if we're going to like be together and if we are great. I was like, if not, you know, I'm going to keep hanging out, but do other things. And, and she was like, nope, she was like, we're going to do it. Great. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, I didn't think that was going to work. Like I've done that. I've done that move before and it's backfired in my face. I was like, like but freaking therapy. Like, I, and okay. uh, I was like, here we go. And, uh, and when it worked, I was like, okay, cool. And I was so excited. And then I checked my phone and, um, I was just like, just like freaking out and I go to Twitter and then I hit my the mentions and there's all these people going like Elliot did you know that a new Weezer album just dropped and they just dropped the Teal album oh right and I was like okay so I'm dating this girl I'm officially dating this girl uh, who is awesome and then I was like and then there's a new Weezer album out and then I got so happy that I threw up in the bathroom then I, I was like I can't I can't I can't I'm, that I'm was out. the pinnacle of your happiness. That was the pinnacle of my happiness. Yeah. yeah. So now it's a running joke that anytime I burp or something good is happening, if like the Gators are winning, she'll be like, "Are you gonna throw up? Are you gonna throw up on me? I'm, like, I'm not gonna throw up on you." Oh, the Not Gators! Yet. I love college football. Yeah, yeah, they're they're doing okay this year. Yeah. So yeah, I mean they've lost already, but they're they're doing okay. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. So, do you watch? Do you enjoy the SEC football? Uh, I'm Big Ten, but I I watch yes, SEC because it's the best football in, the, in best. the world. Well, yeah, the yeah, it's it's the best football. They're in the, the world. biggest and the fastest. Mm-hmm. The bestest. Biggest and the fastest, the bestest. Yeah. So I uh, I will watch SEC uh, when I'm not watching Big Ten. Yeah, I went the to the boring uh, Big Ten. I went to UF when Tebow, Tim Tebow was there. So oh, that, wow. that hooked me pretty hard. Yeah. Um, especially being a good young Christian exactly. in college. So, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was doing, he did a lot for us back then in terms of like, oh, we could be cool. Oh, yeah. yeah we could yeah, be yeah. jocks. Yeah. No one even told me <laughs> no we could one, be no jocks. No one said that. Yeah. I didn't even try. Yeah. <laughs> I did musical theater for nothing. Yeah. I just thought that was what you did. Yeah. So I think uh, my favorite Weezer memory as I was 16 years old, I saw Weezer with Tenacious D in oh, Jimmy Eat World yeah. in Michigan. And they played Only in Dreams as their very last song. <sighs> Back in and the uh, they dropped everything from the ceiling and they just... Cool. Oh, man. That's beautiful. It was, it was one of those moments mm-hmm. I was like, 
I want to do this for my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, it made it motivated you yeah, to do music. Yeah, I was like, I got to do this for my man. life. Yeah, I got to do this for my life. So I awesome. just, yeah, I've always, um, there's that thing in me. It's like, I want to learn. I want to do the, I want to learn guitar and I want to learn how to sing. Just because I do it so, I listen. It's such yeah. a huge part of my life. And still, but I also kind of like that it's like a mystery. It's also yeah. nice to be like, I don't know. You know, maybe I'll be like 40, 45 and be like, I'm going to learn how to play guitar. But until then, I'm like, I'm okay right now. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. it just seems like, Right now, it's like learning to play guitar at 32. I know I can do whatever I want, and I should own it and you know be proud. But uh, yeah, there's something about it that just right now doesn't feel. Yeah. Like I'm gonna, but I do. I have been getting into the idea of doing pottery because I've been pottery. Yeah, I've been following Seth Rogen for too long. You follow Seth Rogen on Instagram? No, I don't. Sorry, well, Seth. It's I okay. follow it. I follow Elliot Morgan. But, yeah, thank um, you. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, he uh, he posts all these like ashtrays and stuff that he makes. It's like wow, that seems really relaxing and calming. But uh, and then I looked up classes and I was like. Oh, I shouldn't. I never. I will never. And then I might do it still later this year. I, feel, I mean, I know you're in a relationship, but I feel like that would be a bait magnet for you. Like if you if you just told me, yeah. oh Grace, uh, I, I made you this bowl, I'll be, this mug. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm sorry, darling, I can't meet up tonight. I've got my pottery class. Yeah. You know how you say we have too many dishes? Here's four more dishes, and they're different, and they're different shapes. They're all different shapes. None of them have a particular purpose. <laughs> so. That's so funny. Um, so I know you got you got your start doing a lot of really incredible YouTube videos, and it's awesome that you were able to use that to kind of parlay into other stuff. But what was that like making the transition from behind the camera to doing like funny stuff in front of people? Was that like terrifying or was that all right uh, for you? How do you feel about it that? It was pretty terrifying. It yeah. was horrible. I think it would yeah. be so, I, I, man, cause like when I do interviews like over the phone with people, mm -hmm. like I almost called you earlier today and was like, dude, can we just talk over the phone? Cause like for some reason, oh, really? for some reason when I'm over the phone, I can just do it. But when I get face to face with people, I'm I just think you're like, doing so, great, right? man, okay. thank you. My need for affirmation is just so satisfied by you. I appreciate that And it'll so never much. end and you'll never be fully satisfied. So, so fun. Shout out you're to so, Pete. You're so kind. But, um, but yeah, when I do the face to face stuff, I just like, I like it's intense. Up. Yeah, yeah, it's intense. Yeah, yeah. We um, I think we're gonna shoot a video. Me and my buddy Steve soon of um, uh, it's four minutes of uninterrupted eye contact, which is something you should do with your wife. If you get oh chance. my god! Um, it's it's very intense, and you just you can blink. Yeah, and you just try not to do a bit. You try not to make a joke out of it, and you just sit in silence. And maybe you say something. It was like a BuzzFeed video from like eight years ago, and um, Grace showed me, and I was like, okay, cool. I was like, I'll. I'll do that. We'll do that with the, the Valley Foot Kids. And then we did one that was a parody. But I think we're going to go back to doing it with me and Steve, who was the funniest, bittiest guy. And I'm like, right. all right, let's do that. But yeah, there's something to it. Just being like, okay, cool. Yeah. Especially if it's someone that you have a history with. Like yeah. in the original video, it was people who have like, some of them been married for like 50, 60 years. And then you see these people just like stare at each other and they're just like weeping. And it's really beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. I could, uh, I could see w at different phases of, of marriage my life of, of you know my wife and I would probably feel differently you mm -hmm. know if we just stared, oh, at, sure. just stared at each other you know yep. um, and I even think the change now like like we watched uh, we watched the Lion King you know the new the, yeah, the new one, one the new animated one and, and that scene where they show Simba for the first time I wept like really oh my gosh the dude. first one was yeah, where they show Rafiki where they show Simba and yeah. like they show him the like right at that moment I cried like a cried baby rock. yeah yeah and both my wife and I did we just were weeping openly because 
we have a kid now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we have like that moment where uh, you see him, you know, that like the reveal, mm-hmm. that big reveal moment. And um, man, it was like, so, so That's things, beautiful. I've yeah, never about so that things, yeah, thing. so things change. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so things will, will change. How um, long have you been married? We've been married. Uh, we just celebrated three years. Nice, man. Yeah, on September 25th. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, um, yeah, I mean, marriage is definitely a part of my journey into manhood and masculinity, you know, and it's definitely a part of how I evolve, you know, and like it's, yeah, it's it's really a beautiful, uh, a really beautiful thing to have a great partner, you know, to like do life with. But as you're figuring out, like doing life in a relationship in a city like L.A. is not easy. You know, it's it's very mm. difficult. Yeah, you know, not just because of you're getting to know someone, but like you, you all are building careers. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and you're you're trying to do that while like be together. That's that's not easy to do. Yeah, it's a uh, the way it was described to me is a high octane life, which is very cool in some ways, but it's very exhausting <laughs> a yeah. lot of the time. And it's like, okay, so if you get this job, you're going to be gone for. Mm-hmm three months okay and i know we're solid and we can handle it but okay that sucks and if i get this job it means i can't i'll be away for this amount of time right so yeah it's um very strange but it's also like it's there's such significant uh like hurdles in the relationship but i wouldn't trade it for anything like yeah so like the stuff that we get upset about i mean my girlfriend right now is in new york and she's been gone for a day and a half and uh it's like we're both like she called me last night and we facetimed for like 13 hours or something like that which is insane wow like, prop the facetime thing up fall asleep which is just sicky sweet it's like, adorable so cute it's and adorable no and it's like so just like not put up and it's like still this like weird you know puppy dog thing uh and so that's just it's like beautiful, fun. Man. That's yeah. just yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like as much as a bummer as it can be. We're so spoiled because we get to spend so much time together. Right. Um, that when something comes along, it's like I guess that's the freelance thing too of being right. like in LA. Yeah. And like, right. If a job comes along, you do it twenty four seven. But then the rest of the time you're free, which is nice. Yeah. And I mean, I see because I do follow you on social media. You all get to travel to with each other travel every now and then. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can travel with one another. Um, that's I, LA's fault though. Yeah. 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 It's like you got to get out. <laughs> you really, yeah, you really do. Right. Uh, you really do. Especially if you're here and you're having success here, you know, this is the, well, and also I just love Vegas. So it's yeah. a problem for me. Anyway. Yeah. And I've converted her into actually non ironically liking, liking Vegas, which is very nice. It's like the, the feather in my cap. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I've infected her. <laughs> You've infected her like, with the. Likes to gamble a little bit. I'm like, okay, I got you. Here we go. Do you like to do like the full out like all on Vegas where you like dress up in the suits and like you go like all out, or are you like um, more like a stay at the tables until like three and just do the drinks type thing? Definitely both. Yeah, oh, definitely. That's awesome. Like the last time we went, I I brought a suit just to wear in Vegas just because who gives a crap like exactly. no one is watching yeah. you you can do anything you can do anything uh yeah so there's that but it's not like um I don't go like clubbing or anything and yeah then, and then oh, I can't do that I go to old Vegas and play like five dollar oh that's fun yeah, yeah really that's nice. really that's really fun have my, you been to Vegas recently yeah well not recently my wife and I our first Thanksgiving we went to Las Vegas we for some reason wow. thought let's do that and we got a really affordable uh room at the Pink Flamingo yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the flamingo. I guess just, it's the just the flamingo. flamingo right. Yeah. 
That shows you how often I great go to album Vegas. by yeah. Brandon Flowers. <laughs> if we're on the subject of music, <laughs> thank you. That definitely was what I was referencing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we stayed at the Flamingo, and I was like so stoked. I was like, oh man, it's gonna be great. We can just hang out by the pool. And I was like, it's November. There's no pool. It's in the, you're in the was middle. Was there not? Sometimes there oh, is. Yeah. No, there really? was no pool. at the. I think you had to go to the indoor one, which to me just, I, I don't know. Like I have like bad flashbacks from like going to like the Holodome indoor pool when really? I was a kid. And I just, I just felt like that's what it would be in Las Vegas. Yeah. Like it would just be this giant sweaty room that I paid $150 to get in. Wow. I, I have <laughs> such little experience with indoor pools. I think I have one experience in an indoor pool. Oh, really? So I didn't, I'm just now finding out in this moment that those aren't the best types of pools. I thought they were like the coolest. Oh, well, I guess that makes sense because you grew up in Florida oh, yeah, where, yeah. yeah, where you just go to the beach. Like, Indoors yeah. and it's a pool? See, I was like water park. I grew up with water parks, yeah. going to water parks and then indoor pools with water, water parks. Water parks I did for sure. Have you, have you done the six flags water park the one here yeah yes we that's insane we um got see we were bougie this season and got season passes with some friends that's what to I hurricane harbor yeah and it is so much fun yeah so much fun so gross and have you done the thing where you step in like the refrigerator type thing and it drops the yeah. floor off yeah, yeah it drops the floor terrifying. off my head. yeah utterly terrifying yep i uh i had to do that one when there was i went so we used to go like on a Tuesday in the middle of the day. My friend uh, Juan and I, we'd take our kids, and because uh, they have a really awesome like area for kids, yeah, like huge play place. It was awesome in and the then, center, right? yeah, right in the center, mm-hmm. right. And so like he would watch the kids, and I'd like go and run and do like two or three slides, and then like I'd watch the kids, and he'd run and do it two or three slides. So I did that slide on uh, on a date because I can't wouldn't I can't do it when anybody's watching me. Because that's what freaks me out even more. Is like it's all the people on the other slides that are watching you, going like, "Oh, he's gonna do it!" And I'm, I, I, that's why I was like, "I can't, gosh, I can't, I, I can't that. do that." Yeah, I can't do it. So I had to do it when I knew there was nobody watching me, mm-hmm. when it was just me, and uh, and then I felt safe. You like safe a never it. nude, but for a water park. <laughs> yeah, but like a water park. Well, let me tell you, that's I, an Arrested Development reference. In case have you heard, seen, watched that show? Oh yeah, but yeah. I've only watched it. I only watched the season through one time, and that's enough. So I it's I didn't pick favorite. up all the in, there's so many things in that mm-hmm. show. It's a math they're, problem. They're, oh. It's one big funny math problem. Yeah, and it's it's brilliant. Um, I'm sad, but I will say I was introduced to it after the Netflix reboot. So mm-hmm. I I sort of saw it. I guess I didn't see it in its prime. Yeah. I saw it in its reboot. I don't phase. think I did either. But it's yeah. still great. Whatever. It's still a great show. But I'll share an embarrassing I'll share an embarrassing story with you about water parks. That part of the reason why I'm so cautious around water parks is um i was a young man 13 years old i think king's island cincinnati world's at this point at this point it was the world's fastest water slide and i said yes i'm doing it i'm doing it and so they tell you when you get to this water slide they're like very adamant hands on your chest keep your feet on the slide Mm -hmm. keep your feet on the slide whatever you do don't let your feet come off the slide. Well, Elliot, I'm here to tell you my feet came off the slide. Mm-hmm. And I hit the water ass first at 60 miles an hour and mm-hmm. essentially gave myself an enema. Oh. And I had to run to the bathroom so fast. And just, you just pooped a bunch of water? Wow. <laughs> just shit water. Wow, Ryan. Everywhere. Good for you. Everywhere. I made it into the toilet. <laughs> 
you've talked about this in therapy, right? <laughs> this should be this was session no, one. No, actually, I actually haven't talked about this. In <laughs> you might therapy. want to bring that one up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get actually in therapy. I didn't get past my parents. Sorry, mom and dad, yeah, but yeah. I didn't get past get my that, parents. Get that yeah, I did get past Dude, my that's parents. hilarious, man. I thought you were just gonna say you you were naked or something. But yeah, like, like my suit came so off, cool. like like Caddyshack style. Oh, it or came something. Off? No, 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 no. That oh, would have been it would have been a thousand times better. You just had a that would have been a thousand times better. I literally gave myself probably yeah. more than like a medically power. I mean, like yeah. I hit this, I hit you this pressure wall with your butthole. Yeah, it was like a colonic. Yeah. essentially. Wow, man, dude, good job. Oh man, <laughs> that, uh, yeah. I mean, Awful. that would, did you go home after that, or were you like, I'll do one more slap? Well, I mean, I feel like <laughs> after that, I was like clean as a whistle. I was ready to go yeah. do some. No, I'm just kidding. I think at that point, I was like so terrified. I was crying. I was like, we've got to get out of here. I'm mortified. Yeah. Uh, it was the worst thing ever. And so that that it's plays weird. in my mind every water slide I go down now. The uh, oh, I bet, yeah. No wonder you want people to watch you. Of course, you not. don't want to see people watch you go through that horror. Oh uh, man, yeah. The uh, there's a funny thing of not be, the embarrassment of being 13 or 14 and like that really mattering. And like mm-hmm. I'm in my 30s, and I know that if I've had moments where it's like, you know, it gets up the butt a little bit and then the cheeks are out. And I'm like, oh, oh, crap. Okay. And it's not a, I'm going to pretend not to care thing. It's like, I've just given up. I'm just giving up. I just don't care. I look at whatever you want to look at. I am, I, this is it. It's a mess. I don't like it either. Now it's yours. Enjoy. But yeah. like when you're a kid, you're like, and then it, seeing the kids, I don't even look at the kids. No. Like there's all these 13, 14, the prime age. Mm-hmm. I'm so embarrassed. I could ruin them. Mm-hmm. We could all ruin them. Mm-hmm. We're just like, we're like, eh, ha look at you. Right. They're invisible to me. Invisible. Right. <laughs> Which is probably not good, but whatever. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's so funny. How old were you yeah. when that? When, I was you? like thirteen. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. So it was like right in that prime time of like shame, you know. And like, oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Water park was like I, you know, I, I don't know about you, but like I didn't have like a lot of uh, guy friends growing up. Mm-hmm. I, I did. I had sisters, so I just felt more comfortable interacting with women. And then when I kind of got into my puberty years, it was like girls and dating because you know youth group was like no girls, no dating, and so I was like. Only girls, only dating. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So I was like super interested in girls all the time. You know, and so when I would go to a place like a water park, I was that guy who was like trying to like puff up his chest and like I was kind of a chunky kid, so mm-hmm. I was always like like I wouldn't eat for like a day or so before I would go to the water park oh, wow. because I would want to like look thin and I like wouldn't eat, I wouldn't eat at the water park. You know what I mean. So yeah. like I wouldn't eat the pizza. Or the sodas, you know, and all the delicious stuff. Reasons. Yeah. So, like, it was, yeah. It, so, again, like, you know, if there was, uh, I laugh about it now, but there was like a lot of shame yeah. tied up in those things, in those moments. And those are because, like, because again, I had a lot of weird, like, body images, like, body image stuff. And, like, have you watched Big Mouth? It's my favorite, one of my favorite shows okay, on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I can watch like three at a time because it gives me like a level of anxiety that I can't <laughs> yeah. handle. But it's yeah. it's the best show. And the Shame Wizard, the character of oh, the, character the Shame, Shame Wizard, Wizard is yeah. such a brilliant. Uh, oh my gosh. Brilliant. And then uh, I I don't, I can't relate specifically, but my wife talks about the depression kitty on the other side of it for yeah. the girls. It's just like. Smothering them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, you don't mm-hmm. need to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yep, exactly. All that stuff. Yeah, I love Big Mouth. I love what they're doing. Um. We have my wife and I watch together. We have two episodes left in this season. Um, yeah. Before. Yeah, before we're making we our way. Finish. We're like on this episode three of the third season. Yeah. So it's something we like to just watch and and laugh about and uh, 
Yeah, because like my wife talks about her her growing up, and that's actually how we've we we actually bonded a lot about like some of our traumas growing up and like she had kind of a she was bullied a lot and made fun of and she was really smart and so unfortunately she grew up in the time where like being really smart got you in trouble yeah like you were just not cool you know what I mean um so yeah so we we talk a lot about some of those things but yeah big mouth is just like a (laughs) it's such it's so good yeah. That's cool that uh, she's smart and she got bullied for being smart. That's a, I mean, not that it's cool that it happened, but I mean, in yeah. terms of rites of passage as we were talking about, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, she talks about how it was pretty traumatic for her, and it's it's kind of it's bled into her life in other ways now, like in terms of public speaking and things like that. But um, oh yeah, like but, more hurdles. Mm-hmm, to... Yeah, yeah, but um, but you know, she is is overcoming those things, and and thankfully because I'm you know, used to putting myself out there and, and I'm working with shame more of just like, Hey, I'm just me, you know? And if I mess up, like everybody messes up. I think that's one thing I learned living in LA. Um, I used to think everybody was perfect, you know, especially people who are in entertainment and things like that. But now I realize like, they're just people, you know, when you see someone at Whole Foods buying a pomegranate in some like skim milk, you're like, yeah, you're on a TV show, but you're also just like a human being. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. doing stuff. I realize like, um, we're, we're all the same. And so I, I just I became less. So like for me, I just realized like anybody can create and do all these good things. So I'm just trying to kind of help her get into this phase where she can feel more confident that like, just be you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like even people who you think are this, whatever, like they're just them at the end of the day. Like when you are not on the Valley folk and when you're not doing stand up comedy, like you're just, you, like you said, doing your own thing. Just a nerd. You know? Yeah. I think, uh, there's an interesting thing of, I think the, uh, one of the bags that we carry as a result of growing up in a religious upbringing is because the stakes are so high when you're growing up that you're like, okay, if I don't do this right, I'm going to burn in hell yep. forever. And that's yep. like high octane stuff. So then you spend your life kind of with kid gloves going like, is mm-hmm. this okay? Should I do this? Is this mm-hmm. okay? Like if you vote this way, is that okay? If you believe this, is mm-hmm. that okay? And I think as a result, it can, the worst part of all of it, I think is sometimes that you just end up going like, you're not really living life. So, so you assume other people aren't either. And so it's like, if you see someone at Whole Foods buying a pomegranate and skim milk, it's like, what does that person think? What do they think about this? Mm -hmm. What's their view on this? And it's like, you're not living, you're just looking at things from an aerial perspective. And, uh, and then a lot of it, especially my experience in LA has been like, no, just come down to earth Mm -hmm. and like a little bit and like, stop being like, cause it's this rebellious thing to be like, I don't believe those things anymore. I don't believe that stuff anymore, but it's still, it's still from above. It's still going like, I'm not in religious anymore. I believe I have come to accept the, and it's like, it's like, that's great and beautiful Mm -hmm. and part of the process. But I also think there's part of it. That's just like, just like relax, like go (laughs) do your thing and who cares. And it takes so much work to not care (laughs) and not be like analyzing, especially if you're psychologically minded where you're like, this is, I think what this is coming from. And you probably have this kind of relationship. And did you grow up in a strict house? It's like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a it's a constant battle to just live, which is nice. <laughs> which is which is and cheerful, and that is, is a gift cheerful. from the Lord. That is a gift. That's a gift from God. The struggle of the no, yeah. <laughs> no. I I think uh, yeah. I, I mean, to to me, finding f- finding these moments of creativity and using creative outlets uh, are the moments that I feel the most alive. And so I really resonate that when I 
uh, when I listen to your listen to your comedy, and even when you're just kind of like you know doing your stuff, um, I get a strong sense of who you are uh, and, and what you're doing. Um, that means a lot, man. I mean, it's it. I, I worry that my thanks come off stale because I say them the same way every time. Uh, but truly, thank you. That's nice to hear because I don't know. Yeah, it's very. I have no idea. Like I'm just sort of trying. I feel like I don't do enough, and I feel like I'm not doing stuff that expresses myself well. And so, um, yeah, that that I very much appreciate that. Yeah, I'll say um, anybody who you know wants to know who you are, watch your reaction when they announce that you folks win the Valley Folk. Yeah. I, I just watched you because I don't know anybody else, right? Yeah, so yeah. I just watched you, and I watched you as they were doing the thing, and even as they weren't supposed to be, yeah. like you know whatever. I was watching you, and I was like, "There's someone who genuinely loves what they do, oh, and is genuinely proud to be a part of this." And so I, I felt, I felt like you know what, I see. I see really who Elliot is Thanks, in that man. in that moment. That was a weird know? moment, yeah, because um, the me and Joe Beretta have the same reaction. Yeah, and uh, it's just sort sort of the shaking of the head and like this oh my god thing. But um, yeah, there was a whole thing with uh, with that show where like at the very beginning, I was like, I don't know what I was on, but I was like. I was like, if we audition for this, I was like, we're gonna get it, and if we get it, we're gonna do it, and if we do it, we're gonna if or if if we get it accepted the show, and we decide to do it, then I was like, we're we're gonna win. I was like, mm-hmm. we're gonna win the whole thing. And so when <laughs> that actually happened, I was like, wow, <laughs> I just bullshit something that really really worked. And then like I was like, crap, is that all that secret stuff? Like, did I have like actually paid attention to that? Did I just do a secret? Is that a secret? Like you know that thing where like yeah, isn't that yeah. what the secret is? That's, just like that's it. say yeah. it. Yeah. And I but even in saying it. From the very beginning, there was this weird sort of uh, like undue confidence that could have backfired at any moment, which probably helped because a lot of the others didn't want to do it at all. Yeah. I was like, no, we're going to do it. We're going to win. Yeah. Like, what about this? I'm like, doesn't matter. We're going to win. So it doesn't yeah. matter. And I would just like keep saying it. Yeah. And it was like a social experiment that I was doing with my friends. And so, yeah, when they said the name, uh, and in addition to that, the fact that I was just genuinely proud of what we'd put on TV, especially just in terms mm-hmm. of how stupid it was. I was like, this is so cool. So, and then I got off stage and cried immediately. It was like, oh, I, I can imagine I would have, I would have called my mom, my dad, whoever. Mm-hmm. They were Someone, there. My mom yeah. and dad were so sweet. They flew out and oh, that's awesome. were in the audience. Yeah. And then they were like, they ushered, <clears throat> they ushered us to like this side area. And then like, I knew, my girlfriend was about to come down and then my parents were going to come down and like I saw Joe's family come down first. I was like, oh no. I was like, that means yeah. they're coming down. I was like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then of course I just, when, yeah. I, when I saw them, I just lost a little yeah. bit, which is very beautiful. It's beautiful, man. Good for you. You should share that moment of them. You know, vulnerability is a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's a beautiful, it nice. It's a beautiful gift for you to give people that, you know, yeah, the best part was when we uh, we we finished doing it, and then like me and Steve Zaragoza went in to change out of our suits that were not ours. <laughs> uh, they just were like tailored to make it look like we're these hip people, and uh, which I did get the suit, but because um, I asked very politely for it. But then we like shut the door, and then we just both immediately hugged, and it was this very very beautiful moment where it was like we didn't say anything, there yeah. wasn't any you know crying or anything, but it was just this like cool like it, it, speaking of masculinity, it was just like two men being like. Not not saying anything, not apologizing for it, not putting any jokey caveat in yeah. there, and then it was just like hugged for a second, and I'm like, 
and then like took our, all our you know clothes off. Uh, yeah. But it was, uh, and then we made love, uh, and it was great. And he was gentle, and that's what I needed at the time. So. Oh man! Well, it's a good thing they gave you the suit because let's be honest, there's no one in show business as tall as you. Yeah, like you are, <laughs> you are, you are literally next to the people. Yeah, man, you are literally the tallest person in show business. Yeah. Every time I see you do stand up, I think to myself, "Damn, he is so tall! I forget how yeah. tall he is." Yeah, I get that. Yeah, after shows too, because on the source, but it was like I looked like a little baby boy. So <laughs> yeah. now it's like people are like, "Oh, you're actually you're like super tall." Well, I'm like six two. How tall yeah. are you? You're pretty tall. I'm. I. I, I consider myself uh, just under six one. I don't feel bold enough like to claim six one. But I'm like six one. Uh, yeah. I, but it's a. It's a distinguished six two. It's and a also, I came in six with, two. It's so hot out that I came in with my jeans rolled up like I'm Huckleberry Finn. Dude, so. I don't know what I was thinking today. I'm wearing like long sleeves and I'm like ready for uh, the yeah. Michigan fall. I don't know what's going on, but anyway, I'm super happy you came in to talk with me about. Stuff. I think we talked about something. Did we talk about something? We, we talked about stuff. We bounced all over the place. We, it was really great. Did we talk about enough? I think we talked about enough. But if there's anything you want to hit, we can. But I no. I mean, I don't good. think there's anything that I want to hit. But I mean, do you feel complete? Do you feel mm-hmm. like you've had? Do you? Do you have? I feel space? complete. You feel I complete? feel satisfied. I feel like I don't want to look at how long it's going to take to get home. Um, no, but better. Don't look at. Hit it, hit it head first. Yeah. And, yeah. We won't do the four minutes of eye contact, just you and I, because that wouldn't be very fun for the listeners do to it. just do like dead yeah. space of just four minutes. So we'll skip that. I, would I wrote try. that down, but we'll skip that. Yeah. <laughs> I would try to give it a go, but it wouldn't. You should, though, seriously, dude, try it with your, your wife with or Jen? try it with yeah. someone who. Do you have siblings? Yes, I do. Two. Well, Two beautiful sisters over the holidays. It's mm-hmm. a weird. I mean, I don't know that I could do it with my parents. That'd be too much. Mm. But oh, I could probably yeah. do too it with my brother. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's a fun. Too it's, many wounds. What's that? Too many wounds. Too many wounds for parents. Um. Yeah. It, yeah. And then some. I was talking to my brother last year. At one point we were hanging out, and he's like, oh, "I just remember, you know, mom and dad were so conservative that they took my Zelda game, uh, Link to the Past, and they broke it." Um, and they shattered it, and they threw it in the trash. But they didn't do that when you got a Zelda game. And I was like, David, and I was like, is this the worst story <laughs> you have about your upbringing? That you got a Zelda game taken away from you? He's like, yeah, I guess it was. And I was like, cool. So like, we're doing okay so we're for right the then. most part. Yeah, like we just have to deal with the fact that we thought we were gonna burn in hell for a long time. That's okay. Right. Yeah, that's okay. We can shake that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what whiskey is for. That's what whiskey is for. And thank you for listening to Whiskey and Rye, everybody. Yeah. There you go. That's it. That's the new sign off. Man, thanks for doing this, dude. Dude, thank you for having me. This was wonderful. I appreciate it. It was You're... nice to just chat and breathe about this stuff. It feels very good. So yeah, thank you. good, man. Uh, we're going to put links to everything in there, but the comedy special, holy shit, is out. Uh, watch it. Watch it twice. Watch it with your friends. Um, thank you. Talk about it and uh, tweet about it and post about it. And uh, I can't wait to hear more uh, when you are back in doing your thing. And uh, Thanks. New material is happening now. It's very Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, like, we live in such a consumeristic society that I'm always like, I can't wait for what's new, bro. And you're like, dude, I literally just poured my heart and soul into an hour comedy special. I'm going to keep it close to the chest for a second. What more do you want from me? Yeah. You know what I mean? But but at the same time, like, I I love what you do, and uh, I'm excited for your career, man. So Thank you, Ryan. And I'm excited for both your music and you'd become ordained and continue to free people from their shackles. So thank you very much for having me man yeah dude. i do mean it
All right, friends, there you have it. Thank you, Elliot, for jumping in and having a really great conversation with me. Uh, we were a bit all over the place. I appreciate you hanging with my scattered brain and just rolling with me and then also engaging with me too, asking me some questions. That was awesome. So uh, make sure to check out his comedy special. I will have links to all of his stuff in the show notes. Uh, a few more episodes coming to you uh, in the remainder of this season. So uh, hopefully you're subscribed to the podcast and you will get those right away. If not, make sure you just hit that good old subscribe button right there and whatever podcast app you choose and uh, we'll get you all that new content um, we would love to hear from you uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, it really helps if you leave us a five-star review and a comment and let us know what you love about it that also helps me uh, you know figure out what content is working and what to give more of and uh, maybe also what to give less of as well so any uh, feedback positive feedback is, is the most helpful but um, you know you have uh, something you want to say drop me a tweet you can uh, connect with me on social media uh, on Twitter at whiskey and rye pod you can also connect with me on Instagram uh, at the same handle at whiskey and rye pod uh, and then of course if you want to see pictures of the baby and the family and some of the stuff that I do outside of my work and some of the inspirational things you can follow me on Instagram as well uh, all these things are in the show notes as well as links to the deep west uh, and and then to donate if you want to donate uh throw a couple bucks to the show that really helps keep things going so thank you uh for thinking about that and for considering we've got some more content coming your way before we wrap up season one so uh, again make sure you're subscribed to get all of that and uh until then i raise my glass to you cheers cheers